0: Does your car make a squealing noise and or your brake pedal vibrate when you apply your brakes? Like brake pads, brake rotors don't last forever. Rotors wear and can also become warped. Your brakes are one of the most important features on your car. At Kendall Auto Care Machine Shop, we can resurface your brake rotors without removing them from your car, saving you time and money. Visit us for a free inspection today. Call Kendall Auto Care at 562-1362 or visit us at the Factory Road Branch.
1: The Big Issues is brought to you with the kind compliments of Kendall Machine Shop. COVID-19 infections in Antigua and Barbuda are approaching 400 active cases. They've been rising rapidly since mid-January and now threaten to overwhelm an already stretched COVID-critical care facility, as well as nursing and medical staff who are feeling the strain of providing sustained high-risk care. The government has been reluctant to go into a lockdown, something the Prime Minister has called a luxury for the rich. It's a public health imperative versus a socioeconomic imperative. On this segment, we'll be asking our guests, do we need another lockdown, and what will be the consequences if we do, but also if we don't. Joining our panel for this discussion, we have Dr. George Roberts, a medical doctor here in Antigua and Barbuda, and a well-known ear, nose, and throat specialist. He's the author of an article published by several media houses earlier, in which he argues for a second national shutdown. Good afternoon, Dr. George Roberts. Good
2: afternoon, and good afternoon to your listening public. Nice to be here.
1: And we also have with us Mr. Jeremy Stephen. Mr. Jeremy Stephen is a Barbados-based financial consultant. Good afternoon to you, Mr. Jeremy Stephen. Hey, good afternoon, and thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Dr. George Roberts, um, why did you call for a second national shutdown? Give us a sense of the situation in your mind right now and the justification for going into another shutdown.
2: Well, I think that the medical imperatives... Uh, obvious, really. Um, we actually see now, that the... infection rate is rising exponentially. Hospitals are under severe stress. We have people dying regularly. I think 3 died within the last 24 hours. And, um, this, uh, and we, we've been shown that the infection rate and, uh, um, has been rising at a really rapid rate, and showing no signs so far of decreasing. We know that COVID is an extremely in- contagious infection. We know that the... Um, we, um, and, we know, and we know that, you know, the um, trends show that once it starts like this, it's just going to continue like that um, until we get something, a vaccine kicking in, or we run out of people. And um, so, but we have to before before I go any further, I have to talk about what meant by a the lockdown. Now, obviously, the, um, um, an absolute lock lockdown is in, inconceivable. You can't really have an absolute lockdown. People have to eat, people have to go to the pharmacy, that kind of thing. Um, it, it's all a matter of degree. And um, as I said in my um, article. Um, the last, um, in my call I said, you know, I think that a lockdown is inevitable. I ended up by saying, I'm hoping that the, that we can move to a more stringent, um, a more stringent, uh, means of control, of social interaction, than we have now, because obviously what we have now, is just not working, from a medical point of view, and if it continues like that, we're going to have a complete overloading of the system, we're going to have um, all of the medical services being occupied with trying to control the COVID cases. We're going to find that we're going to have, um, we're going to have to probably be sending home patients or not accepting t- the hospital, which we normally would have, because of lack of space, lack of um, personnel. And um, with an ever increasing death rate. and um, and then the same thing that we are trying to avoid which is um, you know which is uh, financial and economic um ruin will come across as a result of that and um of course my um colleague from Barbados with uh, um, um with uh, economic uh expertise will be better able to expound on that but the bottom line is that if you're looking at it from a purely medical perspective, purely without, even, uh, without, any, uh, without any reference or any consideration of economics, the options are obvious. Um, of course, the economic considerations will have to modify the situation, but we still need to address um, what we have here now.
1: Let me ask. Um, on that note of economics, let me ask Mr. Jeremy Stephen, uh, and, and mis- just to let our listeners know, Mr. Mr. Stephen is is in Barbados, and Barbados uh, is is currently still under lockdown. That's that's correct, Mr. Stephen, right?
3: Uh, even worse than you think. Uh, you know, there's a two-stage, I guess, aspect to it. We're we're in week three of a one-month uh, pause, as the government entitles it, as so. But this weekend is a total lockdown uh, based on an erratic and surprising increase in um, the number of deaths we've got over the last, I think, just over a week or going into two weeks, a death per day, COVID-related death per day, particularly um, across the seniors in our society, those over 65. But we had a child passing away just last week. So, you know, that that has brought about such a response.
1: And, um hearing what uh, dr george roberts would have said you've also heard the prime minister's statements about the socioeconomic dangers Mm -hmm. of uh, further lockdown measures uh, such as were uh, implemented in in 2020 what is your view of the lives versus livelihoods argument
3: well i i actually see them as one and and the same i mean you know there's a, a famous argument made by a particular political party here um that you know a society is more than an economy and I've always been one to say anytime you look at it like that you're never looking at the entire picture one you know an economy is a society and a society is an economy an economy is a system of transactions uh, or based on a system of transactions and once you don't have people transacting then you can't have an economy so to put it in the aspect of a life versus livelihoods argument is I will use this word a little freely asinine in my in my view and, and this also pertains to uh, people arguing the same in my own country so for me a lockdown is necessary but it is always about what are you trying to protect with the lockdown it obviously closes off economic activity it obviously means that it's going to be difficult for businesses to pay their bills since money is not transacting which is the worst kind of word i could use as a as an economic person but at the end of the day um Particularly, the case is, will you have enough of a labor market or a healthy labor market when or if you decide not to lock down? You you can obviously have the case where you have a large number of absenteeism, which is obviously a major issue in the Caribbean to begin with as a result of, of any sickness. And even if you don't lock down, if persons are forced to stay at home and you don't have the uh, technological infrastructure to allow them to work from home and is such the case in Barbados where most jobs cannot be replicated from at home and Antigua has a tourist based uh, economy as well and yes services I am I am afraid that you don't necessarily have the infrastructure to promote that just yet and I'm not speaking just as an outsider but as a person who has done work in Antigua before mm-hmm. so you know it, it, for me is one and the same and is a case of whether you want to deal with the virus now you you lose no, a little bit no in order to gain something down the road. So a, a great example is Barbados over the winter season, and I pretty much was very vocal about the relaxation of the quarantine period. Like if you if you can deal with your quarantines, you don't have to worry about this life versus livelihood argument long term. In the initial periods, yes, tourists might want to ask you come into Barbados, as was the case, and many of them ran up to Antigua. I'm also a pilot. And I had to do a drop in Antigua um, just before New Year's. And the amount of private jets I saw there, I I was, I I smirked to myself. I was like, well, seems like people wanted an easy ride. Now, all all that is to say that, um, you know, we pretty much relaxed the rules. People were allowed to leave quarantine within three days. And even then, the policing of quarantine outside of um, Harrison Point, if you were ill or certain hotels, was very lapsed. And it just so happens that a lot of um tourists ended up breaking the rules there were lots of parties new year's parties that ended up creating a lot of clusters and whereas you didn't make as much money before because many people weren't coming because you had um those health and safety protocols in you pretty much ended up with a situation where there's the british variant of the virus on island and we know how highly contagious and uh devastating that can be and now you you pretty much lost the first two months of the year as a result of not having tighter controls in the beginning so the best you could do is just arrest the economy for a time and the government here although i don't particularly believe these numbers uh states that the lockdown is going to cost the country 150 million i look at that if i'm to take that number at surface value and say well look let's imagine now throughout the year we relax Protocols once again. People begin to creep back in. Beijers leave and go and shop in Miami and come back with the South African variant, which is known to be in the United States. Like, how much money do you lose based on absenteeism and a drop in overall productivity throughout the year? Mm -hmm. And in theory, it's more than that hundred fifty million. Let me ask.
1: um, Let me ask Dr. George Roberts. No problem. Let me ask Dr. George Roberts um, on the issue of uh, the effect, the economic effect. Uh, later on, uh, if you are remaining open, if the the spread of COVID-19 becomes worse and worse, that that in itself has an economic effect um, on your economy, even if you are actually open. Uh, What do you say to that Dr. George Roberts?
2: I think it's obvious, um, and the thing about it is this, we're not only talking about the effects of COVID but we are also talking about the fact that with the health services being occupied almost completely by COVID, things like strokes, heart attacks, whatever, will just not be able to be serviced in a prompt or efficient matter, manner. And so therefore, is what I, um, we get what I wrote in another article at another time, the contra-effect of COVID in that because of the fact that everybody is having to deal with the COVID, you get now a rise in other diseases and other problems and illnesses, because of the fact that you don't have the manpower and the and um, and 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 the, and, and the um, facilities to look after these problems, and then um, if someone is sick, obviously they can't produce. And if you're going to have to be using all your resources to try to maintain health and life in um, in the in the people in the ever increasing numbers of people then, you know, you have to look at this um, as, uh, you have to factor all these things into the equation. Now, um, I am not qualified to talk about the um, economic effects, but I can tell you that, as I said, from pure medical, um, you know, point of view, if we continue, it seems to me as if we continue as it is now, it's going to be causing some um, severe long-term to uh, particular problems with a long and far-reaching effects
1: well let me ask you let um, me ask you just another question on that point um, the the position of the government now is that they want to give the measures that are already in place uh, time to take effect they've, they've actually said um, you know, lockdown as a last resort, as opposed to ruling it out entirely. Uh, Giving those measures that are in place right now, uh, a number of restrictions on various businesses, schools have gone home, uh, a number of government departments working from home, uh, a lot of businesses doing the same, a six o'clock curfew. Do you think that those measures, uh, given the trend uh, of increase in numbers that we've seen, do you think that those measures uh, can be effective? Do you think, uh, and how long would it take for us to realize whether or not they have or have not been? I hope and pray
2: that they will be effective, but I kind of, am afraid that I fear that they may not be Um, enough. Uh, First of all, for any public health measure to take effect, we have to be looking at at least over one to two weeks before we can actually see the results. The situation that we have now is um, based on activity that happened maybe about one to two weeks ago because that is how long it takes for the virus to come and manifest itself and cause problems uh, on on an average. So therefore, any measure that we take now will be, uh, we see the result of it maybe in about two weeks' time. Now, if it is not enough and we continue getting movement by the time that we find out that it might not be enough. we're Into well, you're already into a bit of a bit dire territory, and you know it's boggles my mind, and it's um, I, you know I, I you know I, and it strikes fear to my core that if it's not enough and it continues to go on, it's going to be um you know quite difficult. I'm just hoping that I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that they are right in that uh, the amount has that is is enough but you see my my suggestion from a medical point of view would have to be you have to really just go drastic at this point in time to stop the um, to, uh, to stop it in this track even if it might be a bit overkill because of the dire consequences if it's not, um, you know, that would, um, that we would face if it is insufficient.
1: Mr. And
2: I don't think it's a matter that, you know, anybody has the right answer. Everybody has to, um, you know, it, 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 it's a matter of judgment. It's a very, very, very difficult um, situation. I know, the, um, the, you know, due to, to the fact that over the last year, the government has been um, trying to Work things out. It's been, you know, the the, the resources are low, but um, I'm just thinking that about the awful human, um, you know, human sacri- uh, sacrifice and um, consequences. If it's not enough, it's and, and control. You let me, only find let it me bring in Mister Jeremy it
1: Stephen. Yeah, let me bring and in. Mr. Right now, it's just going. Let me bring in Mister Jeremy Stephen, uh, Doctor Roberts. Um, I just wanna, I wanna, Was bring, I say, let me bring in Mister Jeremy Stephen. Want to bring him back into sure. the discussion? uh, uh Basically, to ask um, uh, in the long term whether or not it's 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 better to have a, a fully closed and then fully open economy, or a, a sustainedly thats not a word—a <laughs> sustained half-open economy, Mister Jeremy Stephen. Uh,
3: for me, all right. <clears throat> for me, lockdowns should be avoided at all costs. But it makes no sense having that discussion unless your protocols can help you avoid lockdowns. So. A continued because you know, there's always the instance that there can be reinfections in the future. This this is a virus that for the most part, even with the vaccine, just given its very nature, uh, and what the vaccines have been able to do just so far or or promoted to, to do, you're going to see instances where reinfections could become a concern going forward. It could be very well the case that yes, people would be more asymptomatic because of vaccines, but God knows how um, the, the rate of mutation will be with the different strains, especially that are, are actually out there and countries that are, aren't doing anything about it right now in terms of retarding the rate of mutation. So um, for me going forward it is, is the discussion about whether you will have protocols in place that protect your people long term. That is even if it, if it retards the initial flow of tourists back to your country, because I am speaking about tourism based countries, mine and yours, or if it's a case where you're going to require vaccinated persons to come here, or you're going to continue for the long term requiring some bit of quarantine or monitoring persons on the ground, if it seems like a, sur- a state of surveillance, that may scare away people. That's another concern. But the trade-off would be, you know, that you could expect at least in the near term. For me, just looking at the little bit of medical knowledge that I have, very little compared to my colleague with respect to my own expertise in economics. Um, you know, the, the whole thinking is is that you've got to really monitor this thing over the next two to three years as global economies try to recover in this new normal. So I say that to say this. Effectively, it means that you want to avoid instances where you continue going into full lockdown. And, and things that would help with that, as it's being promoted in Barbados, is obviously taking up um, vaccination. And there's an increase in, uh, I would say, logical in a sense, but an increasing worry about this the state of vaccines and particularly how quickly these vaccines have been propagated across the Eastern Caribbean. So for me I don't I think that might retard the um, attempt to help inoculate your your um, your societies, our societies very quickly and in an effective manner to allow us to not have to go into instances of lockdown in the future. So I, like for me is a full-pronged approach and what I would want to see Eastern Caribbean countries do is to try to avoid going back into lockdowns by being very strong on protocols and health and making sure that the health systems are very well supported and that people operate with the knowledge that this virus is going to be around for some time in many different forms just like the flu.
1: Okay. Um, Dr. George Roberts, we are coming down um, to the the end of this segment, wanted to keep it short. uh, just, I, I suppose, leave us with a final word. Uh, should we be in lockdown right now? Um, I, I'm pretty much guessing that your answer would be yes.
2: No, um, uh, I'm not saying it, it all depends, as I said, on the definition of lockdown. What my thinking is that we need to really enforce and strengthen the um, the distancing protocols. Um, would you, would you but, support? Um, a, would, you support
1: a, would you support a general stay-at-home order, like, like was in place initially in um, in, in 2020, where uh, basically apart would, from essential workers, uh, everybody else was asked to stay home. Uh, yeah, I,
2: I, I would support. Um, that to some extent and i would also say that um the 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 silver lining here is that we've already started to have the vaccine in and i think that once the vaccine kicks in we'd be uh, much much better able to relax the situation but right now with the exponential exponential rise Mm -hmm. in cases we really need to um make sure that we do all that we can and, it's, and here we have to deal with a lot of personal responsibility in terms of the usual thing hand washing mask wearing personal distancing not moving around as um, uh, unless it's necessary but do, do, you, think the, do you, you think that the do you think
1: do you think that the vaccine is is is, is playing a role in in what, what we might call the government's uh gamble if you will that they're
2: I I think they're looking at it and i I would look to that as well because as i said it's not an easy situation
1: do you think we can vaccinate people fast enough to to alleviate the 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 possibility of a unmanageable out-of-control spread
2: well and um uh, the the vaccination won't um stop it immediately but if we can get uh, a high uh concentration of the vaccinations accepted and and administered i think that uh, we can be hoping that maybe like about four weeks after the vaccine, we should be able, that that aspect should um, kick in. Right. Um, I, I think that, you know, the good thing about it is this you now, um, we uh, have the vaccine coming in. Um, we need to really um, emphasize to the people that um, they need to um, strictly follow the protocols. And if if we are not able to really get um, full cooperation, we just have to increase the restrictions uh, until we get to the desired level. And and also, the fact, too, I think, too, that um, I think part of the reason why we're having these problems at this point in time is related to the fact that, you know, we're in the typical flu season. I'm sure, I feel personally confident that by the time we reach about April anyway, The um, the problem will settle down, but I'm just concerned about what can happen in the next few weeks.
1: And those uh, are critical weeks
2: um, if we continue at this trajectory.
1: All right, we're going to have to leave it there for this segment. I want to say thank you to Dr. George Roberts. He's a physician in Antigua. He joined us, and also to Mr. Jeremy Stephen. He's a financial consultant in Barbados. They are currently under lockdown trying to deal with COVID. Uh, Thanks to both of you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. The big issues is brought to you with the kind compliments of Kendall Machine Shop.
0: Does your car make a squealing noise and or your brake pedal vibrate when you apply your brakes? Like brake pads, brake rotors don't last forever. Rotors wear and can also become warped. Your brakes are one of the most important features on your car. At Kendall Auto Care Machine Shop, we can resurface your brake rotors without removing them from your car, saving you time and money. Visit us for a free inspection today. Call Kendall Auto Care at 562-1362 or visit us at the Factory Road Branch.